so vain I'm pretty sure this song is about I'm so vain Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you? Don't you? Uh, now, now that I'm aware of it, it feels artificial. But anyway, today is Wednesday, March 11th. My name is Joe Batanz, and I record a little show called This Joe Batanz, and uh, live on a clear day. I'm a little grumpy today, I'll tell you why. I wanted it to be shitty weather. I wanted to do shitty weather and watch shitty movies. Ugh. It's just Joe Batanz. I want to be bitching for 20 minutes. See you in a little bit. On Afterthought Media. You know what was really good about that little musical break there is it was a perfect amount of time. Me to blow my nose. I need to blow my nose. I could feel it right at the very end. I said this yesterday. It's kind of the sucky thing about getting older. Is my uh, the cold symptoms have gone away, but just the overall snottiness of having a cold that's going to last for at least another week or two. It's really obnoxious. Even though it's only been officially a week since I got sick. So I don't know. What am I complaining about? Anyway, like I said, my name is Jebitance, and uh, again, it's going to be another mishmash of talking points today. Whatever's on my mind, and hopefully that takes 20 minutes. You know, uh, let's talk about show stuff first, is, you know, we did a Rulaska Thoughts yesterday, and the Rulaska Thoughts that we released the audio of, I did a little poll on the Patreon, a Patreon poll. Where I asked people, listen, do you do you want to hear the audio from Alaska's thoughts? I mean, it wasn't a completely visual show, but you want. I mean, it's it's your pain. It's really not much work for me to release the audio from the show, and uh, overwhelmingly yes. Which I wonder if they're second guessing that. I don't know if anyone in the Discord can chime in about. Uh, whether they they listen versus watch, but I'm like, I mean, look, if if that's what you want, that's what you. It really is no skin off my back, and uh, if anything, it makes it appear that I release more content than I do, so it's not that big of a deal. I'm just, I'm just curious about um, about that. But the other thing too that the original intent that I wanted to have for Alaska thoughts was I wanted it to be that this is where Joe Batant, you know, he's had days now to watch the episode and I can give, you know, a deeper look into the episode um, and talk to maybe 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 I should bring you know, somebody, a guest on every week. I mean, that's what happened in the original Alaska Thoughts. Is I start, that's when I started to bring on people like Garrett Schlichty, which I think you guys hated Gary Schlick, Garrett Schlichty, right? Um, and... Uh, Something's going on here. Let me look at the Discord here. People are saying something is up. Let's see what's going on here. Um, let's see here. Can I get these messages on my phone? I don't know why I'm tagged in them. So I'm like, let's see what's going on. Anyway. 
uh, I'm still going to record because they can just hear the recording later, is the original thing was I'm going to do a deeper dive into the themes of the episode. So maybe I reach out to Garrett Schlichty again. Maybe we do that. Now he's on my time in East Coast time. Um, but uh, let's see here. Um, they're saying that they lost audio. I can't tell. Oh, I'm back. Okay. For people listening later, I'm sorry you uh, you got disturbed there, but uh, I don't know what happened there. Anyway, so um, is maybe it, it, maybe it is time to bring back you know. But I, so I was thinking, cause I have a lot to say about this uh, sherry pie business, especially now. So much has come out. And uh, even since we've done the episodes and whatnot, but I'm really torn because a, I mean, it, by this point, it's like we're done talking about it, right? But b, you know, I kind of just want to go in deeper on my uh, my original theory that we need to, and and and, and I was, what I was thinking about it this morning was just a longer discussion about forgiveness. I'm not gonna lie. When Lori Roggenkamp goes off on her, you know, weird rant where she's like, un- I mean, like, anything anyone does is unforgivable. I find it really uh, disconcerting, to be uh, quite fr- truthful. Mostly because, one, I am a firm believer. I think there was an episode actually... Was it Catching Up? I want to say in the past year, there was an episode of either Catching Up or RuPaul's Drag Race Recap or one of my myriad shows where I talked about watching some sort of pop culture and crying because um, there were the, the, a character or a person forgave somebody. I'm really into forgiveness. I realize that I'm a flawed human being. Okay, and so and 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 I guess what I wanted to ex- expand upon or expound upon is that that doesn't mean. And what I mean by forgiveness, it doesn't mean that we that the person gets a pass. It's not what I mean by forgiveness, but I think it's about realizing that we are all human beings and that we're all trying to figure shit out. And some of us make, all of us will make mistakes, but some of us make graver mistakes than others. And that doesn't mean you have to be like, okay, well, you're allowed to make mistakes, you know? Uh, And I think Sherry Pie is a perfect example, but it does mean that there is a beauty i suppose to just leaving the person alone i I think that's what i'm really saying i'm not saying hey guys sherry pie gets a pass i'm saying okay let's leave her alone all right let's just leave her alone and part of that is you know the no longer bringing her up on uh the show which that's what i'm saying like uh i don't even mind bringing her up now uh here because it's not really about her so much as it is about um, just the idea of leaving someone alone and forgiving them. You know, yesterday, Lori didn't want to do the 10 movies to know me. She wanted to do television shows to know me. And I thought it was telling 
that her um, number one show to know her is Law and Order SVU, which stands for Special Victims Unit, which has to do with a show about sex crimes. Lori has a, a an obsession with sex crimes. And um, and I think so. Anything that I, I think there is an element where people who have that obsession have this unforgivable burn them at the stake sort of attitude. Um, and I really actually do. I mean, you could go really deep here, and I'm not a therapist at all. Is um, and I think it, I, let me just say this: it, I think there's a lot. There's a lot going on there when you think about it. That's all I was to say. I think there's a lot going on there. And uh, and I think Lori's dropped little hints when she tells stories about her life growing up that really explain a lot there. And uh, like like think IE Carrie the movie or the book. And 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 to to get away from the sherry pie-ness of it all, so to speak. Uh, the thing with Aaron Shock. Now, let me tell you something here, because a lot of you don't know the conversations I have in private, or how, you know, I've, I've I've been aware of Aaron Shock for a little over ten years, uh, ever since he was in Congress. Uh, friend of the former friend of the show, R.I.P. Jonathan, started working in D.C. in two thousand and nine, and very quickly got into sort of like the gay little D.C. mafia in Washington D.C. And so was constantly telling me then about how everyone knew Aaron Shock was gay, and he would. I mean, I don't know if he made that big of a secret about it that he, there was a guy that he was particularly at the time always seen with, and and everyone it was just sort of an open secret. Everyone just knew it. And uh, there's a very famous picture of him at some spring Easter event. He's dressed very gay in that picture. I don't think he, and I'm and I'm one of these people who I don't even think he knew he was being. I don't think he knew he was being super obvious. I think it was just there are some people who are just so fucking gay that they can't hold back how gay they are, right? But um, it's one of these things where I've not been a fan of Aaron Schock for a long time. I followed his career and his policies for a long time. Also, just between me and you, Aaron Shock doesn't do it for me. I, I, in fact, I would say if there was a poster boy for the kind of guy that is not my type, it's Aaron Shock. It is this basic, thin-lipped white guy. Zero, like, there's nothing interesting about his look at all. Now, by the way, a lot of gay guys are thirsty for Aaron Shock, right? A lot of gay guys are thirsty for him. And have been for a long time. And I think that's where a lot of this anger comes from. And also that he's voted against gay policies. But, um, you know, it's one of these things that where now he has come out of the closet. And people are just mad at him, right? And, 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 and rightfully, in some respects, uh, they're angry because he actively voted for the Defense of Marriage Act. He actively voted against uh don't uh, wait of repealing don't ask don't tell i mean he's always voted anti-gay but he's a republican right and by the way there are a lot of gays who have that position okay and and you can be mad at him for his policies but 
there's a there's a way of giving a guy a chance, right? In other words, everyone has their own coming out story. And I had to learn this the hard way. I was one of the people who always trying to like push people out of the closet. But everybody has their own coming out story. And we have to let people find their coming out story. And that all and, and, and you know, it's almost like being an alcoholic in that once they recognize they're an alcoholic and they come out of the closet, so to speak, to, I, to say they're an alcoholic, it's only then by going through that 12-step process that they have to reckon with the the, the mistakes and awful, uh, uh, terrible things they left in their wake for being an alcoholic. And I think it's the same thing here, too. Where it's Aaron Shock is on a journey, and that journey is going to involve realizing all the things that he did when he was so desperately trying to deflect from being gay. And it's just, my thing is just let him be on that journey. It's the same thing here. When I say forgiveness, I mean, leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Um, uh, like, let him figure shit out. And I wouldn't be surprised... That if we just left him alone, it doesn't mean celebrate him. It just means leave him alone. I wouldn't be surprised if that queen came around and became a champion for gay causes. You know? But you have to let him go on his journey. And then if he doesn't, then you fight him. Right? If he starts to come out still against gay policies, then you fight him. But let him, like, I just let him be on his journey and just leave him alone. Forgive him. Let him go. Let him live his life. Live and let live, is what I'm saying. And I guess this transitions into my next topic. The original topic there was for um, Rulaska thoughts about, I think I want to do, like that was, what you just heard right now is basically what my Rulaska thoughts would be. But for my next topic, it has to do with politics. I know, I don't know how you guys feel about me going into politics. I don't know to what, I actually don't like talking about it on here. But um, I feel that this is a perfect opportunity here. Is um, the stuff that I'm seeing online about it's looking like and you can predict nothing in politics. Anyone that says they can predict what's going to happen in politics is a fool. Okay? So it's looking like so far that Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. Okay? And look, Biden was not my first choice. Okay, I wouldn't even think Biden was my second or third choice. Okay, and I've made it known on here before. I tend to lean sort of moderate, and uh, but for different reasons than people might think. And I think it's one of these issues now where the Bernie Bros. So I've been sort of curious, as you know, I have several friends who are Bernie Bros. And I've had to mute them on Twitter. And it's, it's, uh, I, I've been now checking in on them here and there, there to see how they're, because I muted them. You see, remember, there was a moment, let's remember here, that wasn't too, it was like two weeks ago, where it looked like, because of, even though Bernie technically lost Iowa, they, the media put it as a win for him in that column. So he came in second in Iowa, and uh, he won uh, Nevada and uh, whatever. Other, he won like three states. So it was looking like Joe Biden was dead in the water. His campaign was running out of money. And it looked like he was dead in the water. 
And uh, and at, at that point, some things start to happen, okay? And what starts to happen is Buttigieg and Klobuchar drop out of the race, right? Because they do so poorly in uh, the... Uh, after Super Tuesday, they do so poorly. Oh, no, were they even involved? No, right before Super Tuesday. In the in the primaries leading up to Super Tuesday, they were they, they realized the writing was on the wall. They weren't going to become the nominee. And they decided, and I can't, you know, I'm not going to even speculate as to why they decided to drop out. But if we speculated, I'm not, but I'm not going to. I went back and forth there. I waffled. But they dropped out and they threw their support behind Biden. Okay. Which should surprise no one because Biden, I'm sorry, Klobuchar and Buttigieg are very moderate Democrats. That was almost kind of their selling point because the people in the North and the Midwest tend to be, the Democrats tend to be very moderate. And that was always their selling point. I, selling point. I'm a moderate Democrat. I know these people, these people where Hillary lost. I know them. That's why I can do very well. Okay. Anyway. So what you were seeing on social media, and this is when I started to mute the Bernie bros, was now that they, first of all, they were furious, furious that Klobuchar and Buttigieg had not had dropped out of the race and endorsed Biden, which, and oh, look at the, the, them, the DNC's putting their thumb on the scale for uh, Biden, right? And I'm like, that doesn't make any, I mean, they would, they would, why would you ever think those two people would ever endorse Bernie Sanders? They're so moderate. The big complaint about them was that they were almost Republican, okay? So, of course, they would endorse Bernie Sanders, right? And then they were calling on, they were like, Elizabeth Warren, you need to drop out. Do what's right. And I think, I think even before Biden started to do well, they were screaming at Biden that he needed to drop out of the race, that everyone should just drop out of the race and let Bernie become the nominee. That what were you doing? You were ruining this country. Drop out of the race. And then things turned. And that's why I got curious. Things turned, and I wanted to see what they were saying. And so I went to go see what they were saying, and now it's conspiracy, fake votes. It's like, it sounds very much actually like a MAGA person, you know, where it's like uh, the people, there's voting inconsistencies, and, and uh, yada, yada, yada. And, and we're now, now the whole thing is like, Biden is, uh, is senile. Why would do we, I can't believe we're going to nominate a senile person f- to run against Trump. We're going to lose, which is so funny. I, do, I think it's very dangerous. Not dangerous. It's uh, rich, so to speak, that the Bernie Sanders supporters would call out First of all, they're doing the Republicans' work for them. That's, that's the new Trump line. But two is that they would focus on Biden's quote-unquote health when you could uh, equally come back with the argument that your guy had a heart attack and won't release his medical records. So why would anyone... And by the way, it doesn't matter to me. If Bernie Sanders were the nominee, and I said this on the show, I would vote for him. But these Bernie or bust people, it's just... It, it's it's awful. And Brett Baxley was been posting this. He's a Bernie or bus person. And I want to I want to close. And I'm going to run out of time here. I want to close on something that uh, the comedian uh, Pete Dominic uh, and he's a comedian and and um, and uh, political commentator said this yesterday on the air. And I and I totally 
uh, captures what I thought. He was responding to someone who was talking about this. And he said, to say that you're not going to vote for the Democratic nominee is to admit that you have a tremendous privilege. You have nothing to worry about, apparently, because the Supreme Court is at stake, democracy is at stake, and the planet is at stake. And now we have a pandemic. And if you think that Joe Biden and his administration wouldn't handle it better than Donald Trump and his administration, I've got news for you. You've been completely duped. This idea that you're not going to vote because you didn't get what you want. I mean, I'm as progressive as it gets. I would have loved to see Bernie do better. But that doesn't mean you're going to still be part of the game. What kind of a person, what kind of a life, and what kind of desires, needs, and insecurities do you need to be convinced that you absolutely have to vote whoever the Democratic nominee is so that we can get this madman out of the White House? That's exactly how I feel. And I think the people who are super young only know this chaos and they don't realize how Donald Trump is a threat to the very existence of this republic and this society and the Supreme Court. They don't realize it. It's really, really sad. I'll see you guys tomorrow, everybody. Right here on this Joe Batanz. What after that media? Why do I plug the network? Thank you.